It's all Battletech and MechWarrior all the time. You're listening to the No Guts, No Galaxy podcast. No Guts, No Galaxy is recorded in front of a live studio audience. This is an adult podcast containing adult language. Consider yourself warned. This episode of the No Guts, No Galaxy podcast is brought to you by Clan Jade Falcon. We are Jade Falcon, great among the clans. We are warriors who fight with the strength of the Falcon's claw and ascend to the heavens on the wings of the same. We remember with the clarity of Falcon's sight the words of Kerensky. Through the smoke of time he speaks to us, his chosen, and urges us onward with the promise of Eden. We will retake what is ours by right, that shining jewel, Terra. Not the vastness of space, nor the wolf's obstinate howl will stay us from our righteous goal. We are crusaders, and will trample all who stand in our way. Brought to you by ClanJadeFalcon.com You're listening to the Gamecasting Broadcast Network. Live from the outreach studios around the world, this is a No Guts, No Galaxy podcast. And now, your host, Phil, a.k.a. Sean Lang. Welcome to the No Guts, No Galaxy MechWar podcast number 39. My name is Phil, and I'm your host tonight. It's August 1st, 2012, and my shout-out is just going to go to Asians. We all love them. And if you don't, you really do. You just don't want to say anything. Darren, who do you have? At least we love uh, the stuff they come up with if we don't love them specifically. But Asians does uh, encompass a huge group of people from many different countries. So anyway, uh, this is Darren, a.k.a. Bombadil. My shout-out today is to my family and to all of our international listeners. And Brandon. Hello, this is Brandon, also known as Patrick Hell. And tonight my shout-outs are going out to uh, Word of Low Tax and uh, Mr. Jack Daniels for representing at NVIDIA. Now, uh, Word of Low Tax, that's uh, the guy from uh, Goon Swarm Federation, that correct? That is Goon Swarm Federation. Yes. Hmm. And George, who do you have? My shout-out is going to uh, a few MechWarrior online forum members, uh, Bloodhawk, Tiz, and Stormwolf. Uh, because I put out a request for a Who is Duncan Fisher? It was a thread in the fan fiction section, and they came up with some great stuff. I, it was really awesome. I'm going to have to give that a read. See, now my answer would have just been George Ledoux, but I guess that's not uh, creative enough, yeah? No, screw him. He's boring as shit. Always <laughs> go for Duncan Fisher. It's much. My characters I play are much more interesting. <laughs> Gotcha, I just, gotcha. I just think secretly that's really just you on the inside, and you love Max as much as we do. But I'd like to say welcome to all our live studio audience, and of course to all of our new listeners. Appreciate you guys tuning in. Hope you enjoy today's show. And it's time for the No Guts, No Galaxy News, founded in 2011, reporting in 3049. 
And now for the news. Are you looking for more members for your Mech Warrior unit? Or do you just unit. want to unit unit? Or do you just want to flaunt your greatness and your power? Uh, for your own unit sponsorship or recruitment ad, go to the donation page on our website at nogutsnogalaxy.net. Make a unit sponsorship donation of $10. Or if you'd like George to record it, you can do it for uh, 20 And uh, we'll include your ad in the next show. We could really use some of those. So maybe some of your units that are looking for more members uh, pitch in there and support the show. Um, oh, are you? Yep. With that. Um, just FYI, uh, an update. Uh, we had mentioned a unit directory. Um, Adam, our web guru, has actually been working with some software. So he's ran into a few issues. Uh, anyways, basically the short end of it, he's still working on it, and we're hopefully going to have a solution in the near future. So you know you'll be able to host and uh, all that stuff as far as you know a direct link to your website and any contact info. So that's coming soon. <laughs> Yeah, I'm excited about that. Like many of the things on our show, it's coming soon, trademark. That's what she said. Mm-hmm. Are you part of a unit participating in the upcoming MechWarrior Online or Tactics or still play the old uh, MechWarrior 4 or Living Legends or Mega Mech or any other Battletech or MechWarrior-related group? Reserve your spot on our No Guts, No Galaxy Outreach Team Speak 3 server today. Server information is located on our website. Once logged in to TeamSpeak, contact Phil. Alex G or myself Bombadil for assistance. And with this, you know, I know a lot of people like their own TS3s, and I totally, you know, support that. Um, but I will say, if you are a unit, hop on here, get set up. So in the case you do have to meet with another group, coordinate something, you're already set up. You're not trying to jump through the hoops, you know, at the last minute. So you know, even even if outreach isn't your home specifically, you know, hop on here. We'll get you set up and uh, take care of you. So if anything in the future comes up, you'll be a uh, squared away so yeah i mean it could be a backup ts server or it could be a place to socialize or whatever you want to make of it it's uh it's free so get on here with our international listeners this week um we have a new country at number five that's sweden so valkomen sweden uh number four we got portugal number three germany number two canada and number one australia canada's really moving up in the world again yes and and uh, yep, and it's all because of your work, I know. So another little bit of news that's kind of cool, uh, Phil found this and linked it to me uh, a little bit ago. I had mentioned previously that Japan was going to actually try and build a full-scale, um, oh, what was that? What's, it was a Gundam. Yes, a Gundam mech. So as far as I know, that project is still underway. But what's cool is that they've actually built this 4.5-ton uh, robot. What, what's it called here? Well, it's... Curitas or something it's, like that? It's not, it's not like the government doing it. It's some other um, right. corporation company. And it's basically uh, the closest thing it resembles to me in perspective of size. is basically like Avatar, the armored suits. That's sort of like the size you're looking at. Exactly. Um, it's obviously, it's like $1.5 million, but you can order one. I mean, yeah, if you have $1.5 million. Dollars. You can order one, and, and I love how they uh, feature at the end of the video. Any color you want, as if... Once you've built, I mean, you've gone so far as to build this, basically this, you know, mech of some sort. And at the end, they make it like, oh, and look, we can paint it, too, as if that's some big deal after building a fucking robot. But anyway, it's it's interesting because, uh, you know, a person can actually sit in the chest compartment. It shoots uh, not really bullets, but uh, ball bearings, and it can shoot... Um, Babies. It's, yeah. 6,000 uh, a minute, so... 
that's a hell of a lot. It's still going to tear the shit out of something. The coolest thing out of all this, and just short and sweet, is the technology is actually pretty cool. You have to admit, there's a lot of things. I mean, mechanical, uh, just all the programming and ingenuity on... The flip side, though, it's pretty much useless, and uh, you know. Well, whatever. it does. You can't if you don't want it to be um, a, a weapon of war. It can also, like I read, um, you know, sweep and, and do household uh, type things or firefighting or whatever. But can yeah, it, whatever. The cat box. Yeah, I know. Um, can it do my work for me? I don't know. But whatever it is, it's it's just another step towards uh, you know maybe a thousand years from now having those battle mechs. It's another step towards yep. Skynet, is what it's another step to. Exactly. Welcome, Greg. Nice of you to join us. Hey, you, Greg. Hello, everybody. Sorry I'm late. It's all right. Next bit of news. Uh, it's a little bit out of date. It was posted a couple weeks ago on the MechWarrior online forums, but some stats that I thought were pretty interesting and I wanted to share. Um, basically, as of two weeks ago, so this is definitely higher, uh, almost 10,000 people had purchased the Legendary Pack uh, almost 6,000 had purchased the Elite Pack, and almost 1,000 the Veteran, um, which sits somewhere around 6,000 members that have purchased. And again, that was 2,000 years ago. I mean, 2,000. <laughs> two weeks ago. Um, yes, it was 2,000 years ago. Uh, around the time of Christ, people were purchasing uh, MechWarrior Online things. Anyway, some pretty cool stats. And also uh, in there, there's some stats on the members of the various house units and uh, and the, the Merc units as well. Yeah, it's actually been updated. Um, I saw a new one there over the... As far as funds raised through just the Legendary, it's over $2 million. And then on top of that, now you get direct access to the beta if you get Legendary accounts. So... Uh, Indeed. So I don't know if this is above or below their expectations, but to me that seems like a lot, and I hope that uh, you know that bodes well for the future of the game and, and, and its success. Um, some interesting things, of course. House Davion and Kirita are uh, among the largest houses, and uh, and Steiner as well, of course. Um, Lau and Merrick and uh, the Rosselhog Republic, some of the smaller ones, but... Uh, We'll see how that pans out in the poor, coming months. Rosalog. Mm. Yeah, poor them. Some of the bigger Merc units, of course, uh, we're all familiar with Death's Hand Brigade, DHB. They're up, um, this was a while back, somewhere around 167 members, and some other uh, big units are the First Robinson Rangers and uh, the Windborne Highlanders. So, pretty cool. Interesting stats. Are you playing a tabletop game in your area and looking for more players, or do you want to? If so, we'd love to announce it for free on our show. Email us at localgames at nogutsnogalaxy.net with your info, and don't forget to send us your pictures. And finally, funding for this podcast is brought to you by you. This is a listener-supported podcast, and your donations keep us on the air and pay for such things as hosting TeamSpeak 3, equipment, software prizes, and other projects. And be sure to check out our donations page, which include uh, recurring donations, unit sponsorships, George Ledoux recorded messages, ads, and, of course, our Warhammer t-shirts, which are in the final stages of the manufacturing and almost ready to ship to me, at which point they'll turn around immediately and ship to you. And we'll get some pictures as well. 
I'm going to make a plea here. We need more funding so that we can continue this process and keep up uh, the next series of shirts. So if you're thinking about getting the shirt, please, uh, please do now because uh, we could really use that to move forward. And that is it for the news, Phil. All right, guys. Tonight we're actually we have another guest. Um, this uh, guest he goes by Alan, aka Jack Daniels. Now we we did mention him earlier that he went to the Nvidia. Uh, tournament sort of thing uh, basically NVIDIA hosted the MWO uh, game and they had some tournament play and we're going to have him talk a little bit but uh, welcome Alan it's nice to have you on the show hi guys thanks for having me and I am going to uh, just really quickly give a little history Alan is uh, did we figure it out Alan how long ago it was I don't know more than 20 yeah, uh, he's, yeah he's the one that actually got me into uh, the Battletech tabletop back when I was a youngster um, so it's his fault. So I relied on, on that this, quite a bit when I was at NVIDIA. <laughs> some uh, just quick background info. Um, you know, Alan is a uh, Marine, as I, and so that obviously makes him dead sexy and all that fun stuff. So uh, just anybody listening out there. Um, Do it for your country, Phil. <laughs> um, Alan, uh, what, what did you do particularly in the Marines? Um, I was a uh, parachute rigger. I packed parachutes and rigged loads for airdrop. So, did you actually jump out of the planes? Uh, yes, I did. Pretty frequently. I'm jealous. That's one thing. You gotta test the product. Yeah, yeah. And unfortunately, it's not like we were dropping out of our tanks from, you know, C-17s all the time. So, that, we never got that chance. You know, if I were jumping out of a plane and there was somebody else that packed my parachute, I would definitely say you first. Well, you know, I'm sure that's in the back of your mind when you're doing that stuff is you know someone else's life you know one of your brothers is you know it's on the line so very very cool again um alan just pipe in whenever you want and when we get to the to the tournament and the nvidia thing we'll be asking you questions because i know a lot of people would like to hear about mechware online and and hear what we missed and mechware tactics as well so Moving on to Mech of the Week. And now, this week's Mech of the Week. We've got the Orion. I'm not even going to really beat around the bush. This is actually a pretty cool, unique mech in itself. Um, I've played with it on the tabletop, and obviously, like Mech Warrior 3, it was sort of like a standard thing to have in your arsenal. Um, it's 75 tons, 64.8 kph. So I think if you were to translate that, that's like a run of five in the tabletop and a walk. I like thought it was a four, four six, as I recall. Four six, is that what it is? Yeah, no. oh, pretty was sure. Close. That one. It was close. Um, it's got an AC10, LRM15, two medium lasers, and SRM4, which pretty much, I mean, that's close, medium, and long range, just all in you know a package and then on top of that it's you know as far as its speed it's it's upward of the normal speed of most heavies it's got decent amount of armor but the unique thing that i never knew about until you really start you know reading around and even headed to sarna is it was supposed to be like the ultimate battle mech and one of the key features that um i guess made them last and stay around is the i guess tech as far as lore goes technicians um you know, it had a lot of interior space, so they're easy to work on. And, you know, a lot of them were manufactured, so 
there's a lot of extra parts and stuff around. So of course it was an early mech. It was uh, built in 2570. So uh, you know, as far as being the ultimate battle mech, that's what it was built for. But I'm sure that was surpassed by. It's almost as old as you did. Almost. Almost. So I mean, what are you? Have you guys used this in the tabletop at all? Or yeah, quite frequently. Um, not a big fan of the uh, TRO original TRO artwork. Uh, it always looked a weird, little weird to me. But later incarnations of the mech um i definitely like it it's a fun mech as far as actual tabletop no uh mega mech yes card game yes yeah actually i do have um an orionis one of the cards yeah now that you point that out i do now obviously there's more variants that are used uh some upgrade the you know ac 10 to an lbx and you know, XL engine and stuff. And, I mean, just pretty much like any other design that gets uh, upgraded and uh, get some refit kits. But overall, um, I like the mech. Uh, I've used it, like I said. And as far as just the specific model we're talking about, the ON1-K, it pretty much can meet your needs as far as short, medium, and long range. And I think the sweet spot would be in sort of that short to medium range. You know, you use yeah. LRMs to keep their heads down and be able to move in and if this is can. one of those mechs that you know we've discussed previously where it doesn't have you know like a uniform um armament i like the fact that it's got different tools for different jobs it's uh, it's obviously pretty reliant on ammo the specific uh, variant but um i enjoy being able to pick like oh well, let's see he's at this range what am i going to use and uh not just be like you know, alphaing your 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 laser boat or whatever. I, I like the varied uh, armament. Definitely one of the mechs that I'm hoping and wishing for MechWire Online. Yeah, I mean, the one word that comes to mind with this thing is versatility. But it is, you can clearly see it's versatile, but with a focus. It's got the two mediums and the SRM4 with the AC-10, which works at short range. So it's it's definitely a brawler. I mean, if you get close to it, you're in for a serious hurt. But like Phil was saying, on the way in, it's keeping your head down with the LRMs. Then as you're closing the medium distance, it's got that auto cannon. Or if you're trying to fade it, it's got the auto cannon. And then, you know, if you do happen to get in close, where I think it really does excel, it's got tons of armor and a lot of firepower. Looking forward to uh, Flying Debris version, for sure. Oh. I know, and it's uh, also worth pointing out, this is the official mech of Alexander Kransky, if I recall correctly. I'm actually not sure about that. We'll, we'll double check. I know that Anthony Shimmering Sword actually just... It went, is. Uh, he is uh, correct. As um, Sarna.net says, the Orion has long been a uh, favored command mech and was notably the preferred mech of Alexander Kransky. I know Shimmering Sword Anthony has just linked his uh, picture. So, uh, ooh, ooh. That looks very nice. Yeah. But anyways, that's it for the Orion. Good mech overall. Um got a lot of strengths not a whole lot of weaknesses uh but in general uh, good design it's always worked well for me in the tabletop all right we're going to move on to the community questions and we have elemental specialist and he says the one thing i want to know about the new MechWarrior living legends update 0.6 is what are the new variants of the uzeal are you guys familiar with this the mech or the update both very familiar with the mech i've uh piloted that many times in MWLL as far as update 6.6 I mean no idea I've taken the time to actually hop in a few matches uh, since it's released and 
I really enjoy it. One, I'm not gonna lie, I hopped in to play the Stormcrow. Of course. You know, it, it's been a while since I created it, and uh, with a little bit of help from Vlad, it's it's finally him and Tom Tom. I, I don't want to forget Tom Tom. Um, they got it in and working and all that. Um, specifically, the Uziel. I actually didn't try it, but from all the discussions on the Pure Tech. Um, a lot of people are saying that the Uziel now with some of these changes is a lot more effective. So that leads me to believe whatever they did change, and I'll look into it as far as the actual um, variants. They haven't listed any changes. I do know there was something else introduced, and we'll talk about that in just a short while. I do know one of the problems with the Uziel originally was you would get killed in it really quick as far as CT-wise, and I would say the most useful variant for me was the light goss version uh, and you'd basically stick out at that 1100 to 1200 meters and just sort of snipe and sit back use your speed to get away and i know um it was changed to add a little bit more ammo and it dropped like the machine guns or, or srm or something like that i remember there was a change but as far as new uh variants i haven't seen them but you need to check out the oh it was an lrm5 mr boo points out yeah i remember that yeah, I did like, uh, I used the same, whenever I used it in MWLL, I used the same version. It was, um, what did they call it? The, the... iPoke. iPoke, yes. Um, you know, I, I liked, I always liked the look that, of the mech that they did, um, but that was the only variant that I really uh, could be effective in. There was another one that was introduced with SRMs and stuff that was pretty fun too, but... We'll talk about that when we get down to that section. We got Josh Davion, and he says... If PGI will implement a Solaris game type. Would George Ledoux consider being Duncan Fisher again? No, he's totally against that. He does not want more work. He does not want to be uh, recognized as the guy that did Duncan Fisher. Yeah, of course he would. Right, George? Yeah, I'd consider it. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> of course, of course. I mean, but you know, I, to come up on forums, absolutely I would do it. But you know, they got so much to do to get that game awesome first and uh you know if it, if it if it comes out awesome and people keep uh, keep supporting it and everything well i'm sure they will implement a solaris arena system of some sort in there because people love it i mean no matter that's why mech warrior living legends put it in there because it's a very well, popular game type so i would actually say as far as mwl is concerned the solaris arena is probably my favorite thing to play unfortunately like you didn't have many servers playing with it because it was weird like rotation remember we tried putting it on our server Darren where we it would have an error when you went yep. from normal TSA maps to the Solaris and so the only problem with it is you're playing Solaris for like an hour and then you're like okay well I want to you, you want something else but that was my problem. I always wish that it could have been on a rotation like you'd been doing TSA or whatever and then it would rotate a few in, rounds of Solaris but by far the best experience. I I, I love it. I think. See, I, I'm the I'm on the opposite end. Um, while I can enjoy Solaris Arena, uh, for sure, by far my favorite uh, is the team tactics and team versus team. But uh, to me, Solaris Arena is not Solaris Arena without Duncan Fisher. And I know that we are all hoping and would love to hear George uh, do that. Well, let, let me let me tell you a couple of things. Uh, just my opinions here. As much as I enjoyed doing the stuff for uh, 
Living Legends, you know, the Solaris stuff, I think they could have done a few things to make it a little better in the sense that not everybody wants to have to have that uh, commentary running while they're playing, and I totally get that. But that the other thing lie, is... Sir. <laughs> yeah. The other thing, the other thing is that in, in Mercenaries, they put a radio effect on it. And so it sounded more like it was coming from a speaker. Yes, of course, it wasn't as clear. But some of the criticism that I've read, not directed at me, but just in general, was that because there is no filter, like a radio sound, to attach to that Duncan Fisher commentary in Living Legends, it sounds like he's right in your face, which, you know, maybe you think that's awesome, but, you know, that might be annoying as well, which is why I understand people want to turn it down. But now that I got I that out of the way... Say, well, I can well, say on. behind the scenes that they were thinking about implementing exactly what you're talking about, I believe. I don't know. I heard They'd a little... They'd be smart, too. Absolutely smart, too. Here's the thing. In, like, a thousand years in the future or whenever, I mean, we're probably going to have, like, digital radio like we have now. I mean, radio doesn't sound, <laughs> even now, like radio used to. But is that, like, okay, we're going for this more immersive thing. People are probably not going to have crackly radios that the family used to gather around back in the 50s, so his voice probably is going to come in crystal clear. I'd or like the... do we go for the cool aesthetic? I like this sort of Coliseum effect, uh, but I can also understand if someone would turn it off. But to be honest, it's not, uh, in MWL, it's not like overbearing to where you're like, oh, shut the fuck up, George. You know, like, oh my god. No, it's actually pretty enjoyable. And so honest, maybe the option, you know, you can, you can pick. It threw, I love the options, like you'll go to spawn in a certain mech and the next thing you know, you have Duncan Fisher giving your freaking plan away. I was like, son of a bitch, you know, but, um, well, look, I, I don't want to dwell on this all night because I know we got more stuff to do, but I just want to uh, put out another point here. Shimmering Sword was uh, just pointing out on the on the chat that it's like, this, is there only one announcer? And it would be good with dual casters. And I was reading very recently, someone had uh, been creating a, a Solaris campaign. This is something I read online. And it was very detailed Solaris campaign. People were basically playing the tabletop, but without... Um, you know, having it in front of them. They were playing it uh, on a forum. But anyway, the guy that was writing it is actually a fiction writer for the Battlecore uh, stories. I don't know exactly mm -hmm. what that is, but I've heard of it. But anyway, he came up with this awesome storyline of, uh, of a Solaris match where it's like one broadcaster in there and Duncan Fisher, who is not yet an announcer for Solaris, but is really popular with, like, the fans. They bring him in as just sort of a guest uh, commentator, you know, like the color guy for, you know, a, a game. And it it's so good. This guy wrote it, writes it so good. Basically, the regular announcer cannot keep up with Duncan because Duncan is just rattling off all this great strategy and all, you know, all this stuff that I could never do, but he's rattling off all this strategy. And the other guy is sitting there. It's his show. And Duncan is I totally love that. taking it over. It's I so would great. love to and see like some generic at, announcer along with Duncan Fisher. But at the end, it's great. The guy basically gets fired because he, they're like, you suck. Duncan is our guy. We're going to keep him. And the, and the guy ends up sitting in a bar in the Valhalla Club watching the rest of the match on the video and hearing Duncan going, where did where did Cal go? Where where did he go? I didn't see. He left and he didn't come back. <laughs> That's beautiful. It, it's a great it's a great campaign. But of course, in amongst that 
whole storyline, there's this really good Solaris campaign. It was outstanding. And I, I've contacted the writer. I said, that was great, man. You know, so I just want to throw that out in case he, this gets back to him. So many beautiful props. things that could happen, and we can only hope. So I've got all my uh, fingers and toes crossed. Let's hope. All right. The Locked next the thing next is question. for George Ledoux. More George. George. Oh, I um, asked this question, you goofball. Well, we've already talked about this one, though. No, the tabletop it, one. Yeah, we, George, uh, you'll forgive him. He, he is new, and he, he asked when was the last time we played actual tabletop, which I think we just answered a few podcasts ago. And then he asked, have we tried Google Plus, uh, the Hangouts, to play some of the matches? And actually, you guys were, um, during the last Mega Mech match, you guys were doing the um, the live stream. I know Alex mm, kind of. tried it. I know he tried it. But we have looked into Google Plus for future um, things, so... It's just one of those things where I think it'd be really cool when you're playing like Mega Mech or even possibly like Tactics or something that you have, you know, maybe on a separate monitor. You have all your buddies and stuff sure. on Google Plus all looking at each other. And then, you know, when someone dies or whatever, you can just all laugh and drink a beer and blah, blah, blah. I think it'd yeah. be really cool. Exactly. The reason I asked it is I have several friends um, that are Internet friends. I've never met them in person, but basically they were telling me about how they had this they were playing a tabletop game. It wasn't Battletech, but it was something else. And they were using the Google uh, Plus Hangout thing to do it. And they just thought it was outstanding. You know, for them, it worked great because it was like they were all in the same room gathered around the same table. But uh, I was just curious if anybody had ever tried that. I think it definitely calls for some experimentation because uh, what we're doing is not necessarily ideal. And so if there's better solutions out there, it'd be fun to find them. Um, I would love to play the tabletop again. Uh, Actually, Alan, Jack Daniels, and I, um, a couple years ago, started uh, playing some tabletop games. um, Like once a month, I think we were doing it for a little bit. Um, but that kind of ended because the uh, venue we were doing at burnt down. But uh, I would love to start that again. It wasn't us. It was <laughs> not us. I was going to say, what did you do? Start winning? Yeah. I lost and I said, that's it. All right. So at this time, we're going to go to live studio question. Does anybody have any uh, questions? We'll give it a second. No problem. So Elspeth, you want to uh, unmute and ask your question? Oh no, Mike! <laughs> why don't you why don't you do that again, then, uh, Greg? Right. Go ahead. I will be the voice of the voiceless. Elspeth asks, "What's the best way to find MechWarrior lore information without buying all the books?" I think Sarna. Uh, Sarna.net is a great website. It's essentially like the best BattleTech wiki ever made, as far as I know. Um, you won't get like. I mean, there is something to be said for actually reading the books and the narratives and having those, uh, the unit rosters and things like that. There's a certain flavor to it, a certain tone to it. It's just an enjoyable experience to read. But if you just need to know the bare facts, or you're curious about who a certain person is and maybe what their significance is, or an event, or a mech, that's a good way. Go to Cerner.net, you can look them up, search them and get all the answers that you could ever need. I agree. Uh, Sarna is definitely the uh, one-stop shop for anything uh, Battletech, um, and that's the first place to look. Uh, also, I, this is unconfirmed. I, I won't say you know that I know this for sure, but supposedly there is a torrent out there somewhere that cre- has all the books in uh, text format. Now, of course, if you can afford it, buy the book. 
but if you go to Amazon, you know, a lot of these books uh, are out of print and it's like uh, $400 for the book. So I can't afford that for one book. But um, anyway, that's another option. And the third option is just hang out and talk to people. There's a lot of people on here that um, didn't do anything else when they were younger, like Phil. And no, you know, they're pretty much almost a Sarna.net themselves. So that's three ways that you can get a lot of uh, information. I would say the coolest thing about owning the novels, per se, is you get the story along with it. But all the technical information and those gaps that aren't talked about necessarily in depth are there in at Sarna as far as the technical readouts and all that. I mean, and there's, God, I mean, there's so many, um, so much information. So, I mean, I'm no know-it-all as far as the Battletech universe. I know quite <laughs> a bit, but there are guys yeah, but out there's there no... that... <clears throat> In the novels, there's no index as a rule, so it's not like you can just, you know, do a quick search. That's true. It's very much a... Well, I mean, sometimes they'll give you, like, the descriptions of PPCs. I think there's a, a handful that have, like, a, a character breakdown of sorts, but that is a good point. They don't really lay it out for you in a way that you can easily reference. You would sort of have to dig through it. I think for that sort of thing, you're looking at more like the technical readouts and the... They put out a whole bunch of things like going into the Federated Suns and all of their history and all of their important people and all of their important units. Uh, um, I forget exactly what those were called. But. Yep. Uh, there are a couple more questions. Boo, do you want to unmic and ask your question? Unmute. Uh, hey, guys. My question is, um, in Mech Warrior, the actual mech, the pilot seat... Um, how is it actually attached to the mech? Is it on an air ride suspension like a tractor trailer truck, or is it actually just bolted into it? In terms of actually being jarred around inside of the mech? Pretty much my understanding of it is you get hit with a large caliber weapon, you fall, you get anything. The pilot gets jarred around like a freaking, you know, pinball. I mean, there's really no going around that. I mean, regardless of whatever your seat is. I mean, imagine, you know, NASCAR driver being strapped in and slamming in 180 to the wall. doesn't matter what kind of seat you have, you're going to feel it. So um, I do know that some of the jarring effects were, you know, so great that you can get knocked out. I mean, you know, depending on the mech and how cramped the cockpit is, your head may smash into something, a bulkhead or whatever. But, I mean, you're strapped in, but so what? I mean... Yeah, the novels never really mention anything like a shock system. So you kind of, I've always just imagined it's a chair bolted to the, you know, the floor of the cockpit. Um, but no, no, uh, no. You're, tied, you're sitting on top of a, like an old plastic milk crate and you're tied down <laughs> a piece of rope. And you're just hoping to God the whole thing doesn't fall over because then you're going to be wicked embarrassed when they come and pick you up. I'd want a lazy boy in mine. Mm-hmm. I, I've always imagined it's bolted to the ground, uh, mainly with the novels saying. And it, again, it also depends on what mech you're talking about as well, because all different variants and whatnot and different interior systems. But I know there was a couple. I think the Wolfhound was one that had a compartment where you could store the Neurohelm underneath the seat. So I, I always assumed it was like a bulkhead, almost like a, a passenger car seat where you could have that little slot that could pull out. Yeah. Basically, all the seats are... are built into the cockpits i mean in general but um, and i've never pictured them as being comfortable no well no, not a all. lot of a lot of people don't understand as far as lore i mean you really bring this to depth 
these cockpits weren't spacious. Uh, unfortunately, a lot of games we haven't quite got that concept through. Yes, um, there are some mechs that do have a lot of room, but the majority were so cramped, either only one person could literally fit into the cockpit area, um, or the second, if there was someone like, you know, maybe picked up a survivor or something, or, you know, whatever, they were having to, like, stand, hold on, you know, with their arms holding the bulkheads, and, I mean, and then there were a few mechs that had, like, a little... I'd almost think of it like the pickup trucks, you know, that back seat where you fold down your seats, that sort of thing where they had just have a fold down seat where someone could sit, but it's still not comfortable. So, I mean, your room in the cockpit sometimes were very claustrophobic. I think it was even said that some of the really light 20 ton stinger wasps, those sort of things, it basically, if you were a large person, fat, let's just say it, you weren't going to be the pilot of that battle mech. I mean, so... What if you were rocking like a really good corset? That's a good about, question. You have to save you that for the next episode for community questions. What if you were really that fat, but you put on a couple pounds um, on the <laughs> last planet, and you know you could still sort of fit into your clothes, but butter. Yeah, it's like it's like you stopped and had you know you got some burgers from McDonald's or something, and you know can we imagine how many zillions of burgers they would have been selling by 30 you know 25 we're we're definitely moving on now all right wait 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 wait. (laughs) he he did he did x up a long time ago so we're gonna go one more question from our own angry scott alex g alex what is your question when will we see aces be recruiting for everyone knows who they can apply to uh that's a good question phil is um how do i say this in the kindest words um it's not a big good I don't think we really are. <laughs> Does that, that answer your nice question? Uh, yeah, basically. How yeah, many I months have I been asking about a logo? We're not even there yet, Alex. So, uh, yeah. I'm, I'm not really concerned about any of this, to be honest, because uh, when it comes yeah, we down noticed. to it, uh, no, when it, comes, when it comes down to it, uh, basically everyone who is in our clan before, they're already in aces. And then secondly, we have no fucking clue, you know, what the system is going to be. We don't know if there's going to be a cap. We don't know what if there's... I locations. hope the cap is 20, because then we'll fit in. Testify, Mr. I think Testify. We have less than 20. Easily less than 20. Yeah. All right, let's move on. All right, we're going to move on. So Mechware Online, again, we had uh, the NVIDIA event, and... Um, Alan, you were there, and I was really jealous, and we got to uh, some questions, and you went there, and you got to interact with uh, Russ, and I believe, was Paul there? Um, I didn't, I don't know Paul by sight, so I can't say. Um, I don't remember that anybody named Paul was introduced. Okay. Well, tell so, us what it was like when you showed up there. I remember you said something about a line. Uh, kind of give us a, a day in the life of the N- NVIDIA event. Sure. So to start off, the NVIDIA campus is uh, two sides of the street, four buildings on one side, and two or three on the other. I couldn't I couldn't tell if there was another one. It's enormous. We uh, ran the tournament or had the tournament in uh, their cafe. Uh, they set up a couple banks of computers for the tournament, and then they also set up a couple banks for people to practice and, and warm up and, and that sort of thing. They had a room off to one side where uh, Mech Warrior Tactics was set up. Overall, it was uh, was really well run. Uh, although uh, Russ was pretty frantic the whole time that uh, 
the tournament was going on. So when I showed up, the line was probably, uh, I don't know, 75 or 100 people deep. Uh, everybody was filling out their, uh, if I get hurt here, I won't sue NVIDIA form, <laughs> um, which I thought was funny. Nerd and then, fight. Uh, they had everybody had a badge already printed out. Um, you did that. They had to check your driver's license because they were serving beer, and uh, so you got a wristband for uh, for your free beer. Yeah, so you got to play MWO and Tactics, and then they gave you beer too and pizza. Oh, Wait, and then on top of that, uh, George has a good question. Were there any females there? There were. And a very funny thing, when Russ was giving the welcome speech and explaining how the tournament was going to work, a rather good-looking one walked through the middle of the room, and I'm pretty sure that only two people noticed. See, now, my when I first read that, because you texted that to me, I thought you were saying the whole room turned to watch the female, which is what I would expect. But what you're saying is that these guys were so into Russ and MechWarrior Online that they didn't even turn their heads when a hot woman walked by. Yeah, I... I I watched the people not watch her as she walked through the middle of the room. It was it was amusing. It was really funny. Wow. This is actually an existential crisis because if that trend continues, there won't be a BattleTech franchise in the next. Generation. Right. <laughs> well, uh, right. But the the thing is that you know he's talking about how the tournament's going to be run and a little bit about how the the game itself is is operating and what you can choose and that sort of stuff. And almost everybody there was in the beta so they would have already had some idea and would have only needed to give him half an ear uh, that wasn't the case okay so tell us first off um you're you know you're you didn't sign an nda so you get to tell everyone on the show and who listens basically what your opinions are what you thought i mean was it was it as you know nerd you know gasm as you thought it would be nerdtastic um, yeah, MechWarrior Online is uh, is an, a pretty awesome setup. It doesn't have all the features that you want. Um, they didn't let us into the pilot tree or the um, the mech bay, so we couldn't change around any of the features on the mechs. In, in setting up the tournament, they put one of every stock mech in the mech bay, and then you just picked one of them and uh, ran with it. Now, obviously, that was specific for this tournament. Yes, yes. Um, they they mentioned that they preset it up this way, but they didn't want people spending you know hours fine tuning and metagaming in the mech bay before each tournament when there were so many people and they were trying to run each round really really quickly. That okay, makes sense. So what were your general like impressions of the, the actual gameplay? I mean, it, did it meet your expectations? Um, Can you do impressions? That's what we want. What and also was it were all the matches on the same map? Was it uh, different maps? What maps? Um, they set the battles up to be very short. They had um, I got I got the understanding this was on a, a LAN rather than the regular you know server setup. They'd set the battles for eight minutes, so they were kind of pressing the combat, and, and they did that in order to make sure that uh, everybody could get their games in and they could run the tournament on time. My team. Uh, of eight, everybody's team was eight, and you you got on a team by when you walked through the door, you signed a piece of paper in in numerical order, and each group of eight was a team. So I was on uh, team ten. In my group, we had four people that had played in the beta and four people that had not. Ouch. Um, the four that had not were given a crash tutorial on one of the open uh, 
machines that they had available for you to, to jump in and, and play games. The game looks really slick. The controls are, are easy and intuitive, particularly if you've played uh, Living Legends. Um, I've, I've not played all the PC versions of, uh, of MechWarrior or, or Battletech, so I don't know if they're all the same, but um, the controls were, were easy to use. One thing to note is that you throttle up and it stays. You don't have to hold your finger on the W key to go forward. You just set your throttle and off you go. It takes a while for a mech to stop when you mash the X key to cut your, your throttle. You got two seconds or so before that mech actually comes to a stop. So um, if you're in an emergency situation, stopping may not be your best solution. Uh, twisting and turning and, and going left and right may be better. Interesting. So, inertia and uh you come around the corner and pull a pucker factor of 20 and have to turn around you may not be able to turn around as quick you might actually bump into that atlas depending on how fast you're going if you're in a and i saw this a couple times if you're in a real light met and you're going really fast you're better off just juking left or right and keep on going and act like the guy was never even there so what maps did you see we saw the um frozen city we saw the forest colony and we saw caustic valley Ooh, so you all saw all three did you uh what were your impressions of the maps um i think that forest colony is a beautiful map they have at least the the detail and the graphics and everything else it's really really well done um i i think that caustic valley and frozen city are somewhat similar um they're both painted predominantly a single color uh in caustic valley visibility is really clear and they don't they don't seem to have a whole lot of weather going on there um in frozen city uh there's snowstorms and ice storms and so it limits your visibility uh once in a while and uh you could see some people that had some experience uh running in thermal mode so that they could see mechs um glowing against the otherwise white or gray background did you personally use thermal mode i did not my battle was on uh, forest colony and uh, I never had an opportunity to play with the different uh, visible modes. So how did your battle go? Um, I mean, I know you lost, but... Four people that that, uh, had never played before, we decided to run a base defense strategy and stick the four of them on base defense so they didn't have to worry about being too mobile and we could just hope that they could put some some rounds down range. So two of us set out and uh, in uh, Dragon One Ends with the... uh, AC5, the Ultra AC5, and uh, the hopefully higher speed of and, and heavier armor of that, and hoping to uh, get in their base and uh, force some pressure on them by by beginning to cap the base. They didn't leave their base at all, so the two of us walked into eight of them and uh, couldn't get out again. And then they marched across the map and uh, and cleaned us up. That's what I was just going to ask. Was there a winning tactic? Because I've always thought that a defensive tactic would be a winning one. Because like you said, you walk into basically their grinder. They set up eight mechs to sit there and just wait for you to come at them. And, you know, unless you're all grouped together and it'll be an 8v8, then it's going to be one, two, three mechs coming in on their their, uh, base defense. Was that a winning tactic or did... The the winning tactic was kind of setting up a phalanx behind um, your heaviest mechs. So um, the two groups that made it to the finals both ran predominantly atlases. And uh, while one of them uh, sat five on the base and sent out three, the other one 
marched forward with six and left two behind. In essence, their their plan was um, put the Atlas out front and the uh, put the firepower down around behind it and let the firepower move around and the Atlas, you know, at the early stages of the match, peek up over a hill, launch some missiles, and then back down below the hill. Peek up over a hill, launch some missiles, and back down below the hill. Uh, and once once uh, closer range combat was engaged, then you saw you know, mediums and heavies sweeping out from behind the atlases and, and trying to circle uh, whatever the atlas's target was. Did you're, you s- you're, talking, you're talking about tactics, too, being used uh, by people that had no experience with the game, too. So it's actually quite interesting that uh, you had a mixture of, uh, I would say, probably good pilots versus green um if there were beta players in there so yeah i think the final teams were um of the two of them eight is eight on a side 15 of them have played the beta and one had not i'm just curious did you see any effective use of scouting um yes but not by traditional scouts the team that won had a uh, had ran a jenner uh the other team did not um I didn't watch too many. Uh, I, I, the only battle for uh, Team 13, which is the one that won, uh, that I watched was the final. Um, so I don't know how well they used the Jenner. In the final battle, it was on Caustic Valley. And because you could see so far there, the, the scouting scouting didn't seem to be as necessary. Jenner in, in action really kind of just confused things by running around quickly around other mech's legs and, and trying to distract them. So instead of it, um, you know, being a role of uh, picking up targets, um, it was more of just, hey, look at me, shoot at me. Okay, fine, ignore me. I'm going to go shoot you in the back sort of thing. Kind of like a yes, T-50-2. Really like if, if they turned to face the Jenner, they gave their back to somebody with bigger guns. If they ignored the Jenner, then the Jenner would set up behind them and, and shoot him in the butt. Go ahead. Go ahead I was, I was just going to say that's the same tactic as the T-50-2 in World of Tanks, that little tank that goes so fast. Uh, it's a total distraction, and either the whole team turns to it and tries to kill it, or um, people ignore it and it can do some damage from behind. But anyway, go ahead. Yeah, any time an Atlas tried to catch a Jenner, it was really kind of ridiculous. They, they didn't even have a hope. So uh, we'll end it as far as this discussion on give us something, you, your most favorite feature and then something that you feel like uh still needed some work but you were pretty excited about seeing it um i actually liked the um the controls and the way that the screen bounces when you're walking and and uh the rumble and the sound effects are really good i i think that that really gives you a feel of of piloting a big metal monster i i enjoyed that quite a bit i i think i will enjoy that for a long time to come you know we were using you know real nice big monitors and sitting real close um and had actual like partitions uh like you take in a voting booth around you so that uh it kept the noise or whatever you were doing to yourself and uh so it was real it was real immersive and um that and that aspect it was it was a lot of fun okay what would what would you say You'd like to see a little bit more work done as far as the game, but you were still, you know, excited about it. Well, I'm a, uh, I, I love the meta game. I love tinkering. Uh, I'm, I'm somewhat a, a specialist in the kinds of things that I play and the kinds of mechs that I, I build for myself. So I can confirm I would that. Love to have got into the, the mech bay and you know, run around and created some of my favorite designs from back in the 
day, pulled out some of my old game sheets and tried to create those, uh, you know, do a little min-maxing and, and, you know, just tinker. I, I, I love to see what fits and what doesn't and, and, uh, and whether it actually works once I've put it all together. Well, I'm sure they, you know, Mech Lab's up and running. It's just probably time constraint. They didn't want people, like you said, being in there for like half an hour. But uh... Yeah, I'd, I'd have been in there the whole evening. <laughs> I can definitely confirm that Alan is the type of player that will always try to outthink you, and most of the time he will. So one more thing the, uh, on the tournament. I'm not sure if you guys caught this on the online portion of it. I know they were doing some streaming of it and, and some live blogging of it. But at the end, when Team 13 had beat Team 2, whoever had put together the prize packages put the wrong graphics card in there. And so the NVIDIA host, and, and unfortunately I don't remember his name, he called an audible and, and he looked at them and he said, all right, guys, this isn't the right prize. You can take this and walk away happy and you get your prize and you get your free card, or I'll mail you one. Which one do you want? Decide now. And they said, they all decided, oh, we'll, we'll, take, the, we'll take the one in the mail. And so he's going to ship them all at GTX 680, which I don't even think is on the market. Wow. The one that That's was in a... the bag, he turned around and handed all of those bags to the second place team. So team two walked out of there with the GTX 560. That is, wow. that's nice. Kudos yeah. so to the video. That's uh, awesome. You know, the guy called an audible and doubled the prize pool pretty much. Um, and, and I just thought that was a really awesome move by NVIDIA. Props to them. And, and props to them for putting on, uh, you know, and hosting this for everybody. It was really nice. Yeah, it's definitely cool. It's good to hear some insider feed, you know, feedback. And uh, obviously, we still have more to talk about from you. And so just uh, keep with us. Um, obviously, with MWO, we've got uh, the desktop wallpaper number seven out. Um, for all of you Jenner lovers, um, I thought it was only appropriate. Uh, I I think I like the way the Founders mechs look different, whether it's just sort of aesthetics or colors. Um, there wasn't a whole lot that you can see with the Jenner that's different than the original, except for the paint. Whereas with the, the Atlas one or whatever, you can definitely see, you know, there is... A, Catapult's a, way different. Yeah, there's slight difference, but... Overall, you know, there's probably only so much you can do. So that's out. We've actually got footage of the Atlas, the Founders Atlas in action. Wow. I mean, one, I actually like this look over the normal one. I, I just think it looks a lot more like an Atlas just because of that damn skull. Uh, just sort of the different sort of aesthetic look of it. Pretty damn cool. Um, well put, uh, well together video, I think. I mean, what were you guys' takes on it? I want to yeah. know whatever program they're using, and I hope that it's included with MWO, like, for some of the shots that they set up. Are you saying the cameras and all that, how they're Yeah, like, the, the camera angles and stuff like that in the video. I hope that's, like, some sort of um, uh, in-game editor or something like that where you can do a replay and change the camera angle and whatnot. I, it looks great. I want it. Yeah, yeah that, the, the, that would be cool. I'm kind of guessing no, though. I think that's just because they're the developers oh, right. are able to do that because you're, there's some of those shots are third-person view, which we already know you're not going to be able to do. But well, if, if there's a will, there's a way. And as far as the programming <laughs> engine, really how much time and effort they put into, they can do pretty much anything. So I would like to see these tools available somewhere down the line. Um, and I guess that sort of... I don't know how you guys feel, but... MWO in general can be as big as we want it, or it can just be a big flop if we want it to be. And one of the things with any game with a, a game that 
we want some longevity out of isn't just the game itself. You don't play EVE Online for four or five plus years just because the game. God, if it was based on just the game, you would have quit a long time ago because, you know, some of these early iterations, you know, horrible. Same thing with other games. The one thing that sort of held me into playing some of these games for years is the community, community videos, you know, the the social media, the, the politics, all that. And you can see where, if we had the tools available to us to create our own, uh, what do you guys call it, machinima? Is that correct? That is correct. Wouldn't that be the coolest thing in the world as far as Battletech MechWarrior fans? I mean, we've never had a, you know, MechWarrior machinima ever. I mean, at least not that I'm aware of. So There's been attempts, but yeah, nothing has fleshed out, and I am totally on board with that. I would love to see somebody that's talented and skilled in, in this area to um, just finally bring uh, um, uh, even a short movie to the community. I think it would be totally success- successful and awesome. Even just think of the... Um potential uh, advertising that could produce as well if it's a good series i mean people are going to watch it and then more people are going to get interested in the game and depending, depending on what tools you have um if i know we talked about this a few ago but one of the machinimas for eve uh pretty damn epic is clear skies now clear skies oh, used half-life um for the characters and sort of all that for the dialogue and stuff but then they also use in-game footage from Eve. Combine the two, amazing. I mean, they're winning awards and stuff. Clear Skies Three didn't, is amazing. Didn't all the characters in Clear Skies get canonized by the uh, uh, CCP? Not sure. I've, I haven't followed really Eve closely I, for over a year. I don't believe so. Okay. Good idea though. All all I know is you look at that Atlas video and like you guys were mentioning, the camera and tools available, and you see the possibilities for a Battletech mechware community with a online persistent dynamic planetary system with some tools to create your own you know, storylines, RP and all that. I just sort of jizz in my pants at the thought. I'm just, you know, throwing that out there. Yeah, thanks for throwing that out. Let me see if I can get this out without stumbling over myself. When I was watching this, something came up in my in my mind that someone else had said to me, but this one was e- would be even better. I just don't currently have the software to do it. But basically, take this video, and I could do that narration as Duncan Fisher, and we'll put it on top of that, because it's basically all, everything's there, it just doesn't have the, the voice track. So I could do that, and I bet people would think that was pretty cool. Not not well, trying to you know blow my horn here, but I think that would be pretty cool because people have suggested that. it before. Well, just for this, that. I mean, it's a simple, simple thing. I know what you guys are talking about, but I mean, it's a simple thing. That's the first thing I thought of. <laughs> How many times have you guys been watching these videos? And when they narrate, do you think the same thing I do, which is nobody can ever freaking compare as far as the narrator goes? I, I always hold them up to the level of Duncan Fisher, and everybody always falls short. I, I just think it's funny and. Uh, each time I see a video that's narrated by some guy at PC Gamer or whatever, they're usually not as a hardcore fan, so they'll mention something, and it sort of takes me back, because I'm like, did he really just say that? Really? This is MechWire, not uh, mm-hmm. Robotech or whatever, Mecha. Anyways. Gotta love that. But back on... Yeah. Back on topic, um, this video 
basically made the decision for me because I was pretty torn. I'm probably going to get the Elite package if I can get it in time before um, the sale is gone. But um, I was pretty torn between the Hunchback and the Atlas. And this video pretty much cemented the, that I'm going to pick the Atlas. Well, that, that rolls right into our next topic. And that's that basically all founders have access to the beta. So therefore, if you're a founders, you can say you're in the beta but you can't talk about anything else. So it's basically you're allowed to break your NDA, but everyone else is in the, whatever. Anyways, so Darren, you'll be able to play the beta. Ooh, ooh. So I'm curious, how many of our live studio audience are founders and are in the beta? Uh, I'm here. It looks like they're starting. Look at that. Ooh. It's like half our, most of our audience. Actually, one of them says they're playing now. Mm. <laughs> Anyways, we, we got to roll on to MechWare Tactics. Um, we've got some pretty cool stuff from them and obviously some feedback from uh, Alan. We've got the Cicada and the Turnaround. And it's actually unique that they took the design. Obviously, they made it their own. But it's the closest resemblance to some of these designs they've done as far as the torso aesthetically, sort of. The legs, they totally changed. They did Birdwalker instead of uh, Humanoid, which I think that's just an aesthetic thing. Sort of sad. It looks good, I, though. I totally disagree with you there. I yeah. love the, the bird look on the cicada. I'm so glad that that's the direction the art teams are going for this latest round of games. The humanoid legs with that torso. It would up, look funny. Yes. It, look ridic- it looked ridiculous back then. It would look more ridiculous now. That really I, does I look good. I um, love these turnarounds. We've got a PC World um, description, and pretty much it's going to confirm, I'm sure, anything Alan uh, will say, so I'll I'll let him. Pretty lengthy, though, so give it a read. Um, The thing that I would want to point out from that article, though, is that we get the first screenshots from inside the Mech Lab, and also what it looks like uh, perhaps from uh, looking through your cards or opening a stack. And finally, it looks like there are critical slots for in the mech lab. Can you already sense that excitement when you open your stacks of cards and you're like sorting through to see what you have? Oh, I can't wait. And we've got another article by IGN and some of the things, um, it's a lengthy article. So we just grabbed some information for you that might uh, be pertinent is they definitely said there's different manufacturers for weapons and equipment which have different stats so basically one lr5 made by you know i don't know whatever is actually different from another lr5 from another company which i love thank god someone's filing but it goes deeper than that phil what it what it means is when you put the lrm5 that matches the manufacturer of the chassis that you're on that lrm5 may shoot further run cooler do more damage um it's so like a matching any set. Of things. So once you start, when you, the idea here is that more cards, more chassis, more mechs, um, you know, it's kind of a way to get you to buy more stuff, which I get. But it is a really cool idea in that you know, some medium lasers do more damage when they're on the chassis that matches the manufacturer of those lasers. Very, very cool. Uh, I was telling you, it allows you to build mechs around your own play style um, to some extent but the real base of this is your pilot in that your pilot may have an ability that comes into play in certain conditions in the game say your pilot's a risk taker he gets plus two to damage 
on some or all of his weapons whenever he's at 10 heat or more. Hmm. But he's got to be at 10 heat before he gets that bonus. Very cool. So uh, they're sort of mixing some of the uh, role-playing aspects with the, I would say, the advanced rules and some of the uh, things that go along with that. Now, you have to actually equip a mech with a pilot and then each pilot has or each mech warrior basically has different stats and traits like you were saying correct yes and each uh each pilot will come in four different versions right there'll be uh rookie veteran i don't remember that the other two are now somebody help me Probably, out here uh elite. it sounds almost like the um what was it mech commander it, it, yes it's a mech lot mech. like the tabletop version of the pilots in that they'll have four different skill levels of the same guy you could use all four of them in your lance, but you couldn't use the rookie version of that pilot in more than one mech at a time. Okay, can you tell us a little bit about um, the heat? Uh, how is it different at all compared to what we may be used to? I sat down at the terminal, and it's it's really like Mega Mech on steroids. You click the mech you want to shoot from, you click and then when you click that mech, it, it highlights which mechs you can actually see and target. So you click the mech you want to shoot, that opens up your weapons list, you click the weapon that you want to shoot at that mech, and it adds heat to your heat meter. And the heat meter has the symbols, and it looks a lot like it does in the book, uh, back from the tabletop game. You know, one um, of the things you just mentioned, what was really cool is... Uh, it's so annoying in Mega Mech is each time you go to fire, you have to, see, you have to click on the enemy to see mm-hmm. your weapon in the distance, and or you have to measure like using, uh, you know, the tabletop. Oh God, I got okay. Well, that's square one, two, three, four. <laughs> and it um, makes games just take no, way too is, long. This is all automated. When you click on that mech, it opens up and it shows you every weapon you've got available to fire, and it shows your percent chance to hit with that weapon. Um, you click the ones you want to shoot at that mech. You can select a second target. It adjusts your percentages. It, it's 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 pretty slick. Uh, so, you do that for each of your mechs, and then you click done. And when the other guy is done with his attacks, then you go into your movement phase, and you do the same thing. And the movement is is very similar to to Mega Mech as well. Everybody that that has played Mega Mech will understand this. And then when you're both done with your movement, then it runs the video showing what everybody did during the combat, and it launches the missiles kind of one at a time, and it shoots the lasers and um, and it's brief. It's only, you know, six, seven, ten seconds, something like that, depending on what's going on. Uh, and then the mechs move and face and, and that sort of stuff. I'm actually, and I, I think I told you about this earlier before the show, I, I'm excited for tactics um, more so in one way than Mechware Online, just for the fact that I love the tabletop. I love I. We love playing Mega Mech, but the only problem is, you know, sometimes it takes forever just because one of us has to go. And so the match gets saved and we'll come back and then you have to wait to make sure everything. Whereas this, I'm just, I'm so excited to be able to hop on. Hey, we have to, we have to run, you know, cool. You just come back and you can continue on at, you know, any time. And overall, what was your impressions of the game? Where was it as cool i mean were you like wow this is really gonna be something that you know is gonna bring it back for me absolutely i have not followed tactics quite the same as i've followed MechWarrior online so getting in there and getting able to see tactics and how and actually getting to play it 
It was it was awesome. I you was lucky the, SOB. The, the uh, my expectations for how good tactics was going to be were were pretty low, so it vastly exceeded my expectations. Um, I want a lot from MechWarrior Online, and so I was pleased and happy, and I liked some things, and I really enjoyed playing that. For tactics, I didn't know what to expect, and it blew me away. Um, I, I, I think a lot like you, Phil. I, I may enjoy tactics more in the long run than MechWarrior Online. I think my Jack Jr. will uh, kick my ass in, in MechWarrior Online long before he's able to do the same thing to me in MechWarrior Tactics. AJ, I just wanted to say hi, bud, if you're listening. Or if not, you can listen later. That's interesting because uh, the way Jack was describing his expectations, I sort of feel the same way. I have higher expectations from MechWarrior Online and MechWarrior Tactics I was sort of tentative about. But uh, the way he's describing it, maybe that'll change. Yeah, I had the I, same... I Magic the Gathering for a long time, so I know all about you know opening cards, building decks, collecting cards, all the rest of that stuff. I, I, I did all of that. This, this company's design, their idea to do this, is playing to a fan base that is extremely loyal and extremely devoted and already exists. Whereas, you know, Magic the Gathering, they were selling cards and nobody knew what the fuck it was. So I, I think they've got a real chance of making it successful based on the, the collectible card game aspect of it. Whether or not they produce a single, you know, cardboard, you know, piece of paper or not. But to add to that, the gameplay, uh, I think it'll. Um, I, I think it's awesome. Yeah, my only the only downside, in my opinion, to tactics thus far, and I know a lot of people they have issues with the uh, the style of the artwork, but that's not an issue for me. My the, my only downside is that right now it's only you know one person versus one person. Yeah, and yeah. and like we have our group, and it would be great to have two versus two at least. So I'm really hoping that the game is. Uh, super successful, and then that's something that they bring later on. I bet you that's probably already on there, and I think that it's probably already on their table. But I, I think we've already talked about how they they mentioned down the road after you know release that that's something they'll probably look into because they've um, hinted at it but haven't come out and say yeah. So they do, I don't they know do that. all the different. Uh, I'm not a programmer, and, and and I don't even play one on TV. George, so one does. of the things that the guy said was that. It's very early on, and the layout of some of the screens and buttons and, and things like that were all wireframe, which meant to me, or at least I interpreted that to mean that they were somewhat temporary, not permanently coded in, just put there to make it work. And, and another comment that they said was that somebody was monitoring the server back in, I guess they said Vancouver, and there was only three terminals running at at this demo. There was one off on the right where they were playing versus the computer-controlled opponent, and then two on the left that were playing each other. And and I got the impression that that was all that their server could handle at the moment in the current development state. Um, so I think it's really, really early for MechWarrior Tactics. I, I, I don't know how close they are to coming out to production. I, 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 I enjoyed the game too damn much. I forgot to ask that question. Uh, <laughs> Um, I, I did get the impression that it's really early for them. They've put up a good mock-up, but it's not final. Well, awesome. Great to, great to hear that our expectations are... I, I would also like met. to say that I crushed my opponent. <laughs> of course. That's, well, that's only... He actually you know. threw up his hands and, and, and quit because I destroyed two of his mechs in four turns. That's to be expected from a Marine. No mercy. Double tap. <laughs> <laughs> 
All right, guys, we're going to move on to MechWarrior Living Legends. 0.6.0 is freaking live. Um, we had the um, information on our TS3 all week. We're directing people over there to check it out. Uh, just off the top of my head, uh, such things as Hair. Um, the Black Lantern, the Storm Crow, um, the Avatar, the Dire Wolf. I mean, all these things. You can go check out uh, four new maps. Um, some of the maps, too, were totally revised to new, um, new playable versions. Balances, textures, animations. This is the biggest release I think they've had as far as content. I remember, what was it? Something about almost three gigs, almost the patch alone. Well, yeah, you pretty much you had to re-download the the client, but their um, their auto launcher thing did everything for you. Like it, it downloaded it, it would install it, delete your old files. So um, as far as I remember, when the launcher was nowhere near where it was and it was just a mess now it's just simple click it does it all for you and boom 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 the list is pretty damn long so check it out yourself i will say though i did hop in played a few matches this past week uh to sort of see the the gameplay it's definitely changed dramatically with uh some of the well with the introduction of basically clan mediums it's it's changed the the ball game um obviously they were trying to go for a pure tech sort of match, you know, IS versus clan. And one of the, the holes in the gameplay was there was only one clan medium, the, the shadow cat. Whereas you had the bushwhacker, Hollander two, you know, the Uziel and you had a shadow cat, which was awesome in its own right. But now with the introduction of the storm crow and black liner, it's though they are expensive to get. It's like the, the, Stormcrow Prime, Ryokin Prime is like 100,000 C-Bills, so it's not something you just jump right into. But the Black Lantern's ridiculously fast. <laughs> I hopped in one. It's like 120 plus. It's it's And it has mask. So, yeah. Keep it in line with the uh, cannon speed. Yeah, and it, I actually use that speed to my advantage. Um, I would go in, I would hit, and I would get out of dodge when it just, you know, got too airy, you know, so... Uh, I did run into the Direwolf a few times and the Things of Beast. I actually hopped on one particular server and the other team was rocking all Donar uh, VTOLs. So no one was on the ground. You just had all, all of them up in the sky. And I was like, really? Which is a good time to have the mech that they revealed, the Rifleman. This is one of your favorite mechs, too. Would you like to... Indeed. this is. I was very excited to see this. They did a great job. I think the mech looks awesome. And uh, honestly, I would have, I think, a wonderful time uh, rocking one of those versus a team full of uh, aerospace. So let me, let me give you guys some background history. This was actually designed by uh, one of the uh, team members, Cujo. Now, Cujo is a mechanical engineer. And as soon as you look at the screenshots, you'll notice that the center torso and the arms are, like, in sync. So when you look up to X degrees, the actual cockpit is looking up. So it's that almost 180, you know, degree, you know, backwards and stuff. Anyways, the overall design, um, I got to see it early on, and I was pretty stoked once it finally came out. I love it. I actually haven't been able to play, but from my hair, it's a it's a 
pretty damn good mech to, to play in. Yeah, and as as they say, the the rifleman is purpose built um, mech to play fire support and anti aerospace, and um, that's been needed. You know, I mean, those aerospace can be such pests, and to have a mech that is specifically built to take them out, I think, is a great idea. Plus, the rifleman and this design is one of the uh, unseen and one of my uh, top four favorite mechs. I was actually. And it's also one of my favorites, and I will have to say, every time somebody's tried to redo the artwork for it, it's been a freaking disappointment. The original TRO artwork was some so cool. I really like the way it looks now in in Living Legends. That's amazing. Mm-hmm. And the yeah. re-seen version of it just look. I know offense to that artist, but. It looks like ridiculous. shit. I'll say it. It looks like absolute shit. Yeah. I agree. Terrible. I would never, ever want to be seen in one. Now, this rifleman, I love it. And I'm looking at the uh, <laughs> the different variants here. I see four UAC-5s on Yeah, one. I got shot at I see by that one. I see a couple RAC-2s, which has to be my favorite weapon so, system. So, uh, i got to interrupt here and say that's yeah. the, the four UAC-5 riflemen. That's the one I want to see in Living Red. Excuse me, <laughs> yeah. in, in uh, MechWarrior Online. Yeah, that's I got, brutal. I got shot at. I that, was like, that, oh. That's my role in the game, is to stand off in the back, snipe you down kind of guy. Yeah, I, I, I turned to the right, and I was looking, like, zoomed in, and I was like, what is that? Oh, I'm safe. Oh, no, I'm not. No, I'm not. <laughs> I was like, I was getting pelted. I was like, okay, got to go back and repair. I'm just going to buy a new mech. Um, so overall, this is by far uh, this entire 6.0 package. Uh, to the guys that have been working behind the scenes, uh, you know, you guys keep up the hard work. Uh, amazing stuff. Um by far some of the coolest changes and uh you know they're still working on other features and more assets to come and uh, i think we're gonna have lear on the show very soon um actually i'm pretty sure we'll have him on uh soon so check it out if you haven't and if you haven't tried it do so support you know a mod team that's been busting their ass i mean these guys aren't getting paid so you know and to be honest this some of this work is sort of for their portfolios you know they'll come on to the team i mean someone may have little experience or a lot of experience or maybe they're looking to get in the industry and they're basically creating these things and also putting it for the portfolios to get hired so uh, just keep that in mind this isn't a team that's just you know doing nothing um so uh phil can i ask a question yes okay um you don't have to answer this but I've, I've, I think this came up last week or the week before. But um, it, w- is there any rumors going on that that the <laughs> MWLL that was... guys are getting grief from uh, the other uh, developers, like legal troubles? Um, as far as I know, there's nothing going on. I think people are just starting stuff to start stuff. So, I mean, unless Lear and the team comes out with something, I, as far as I know, it's just... Uh, BS. So it's kind of it's kind of what I said last week. Rumors are going all around about this. I've heard it a million times from different people. Until there's anything official, we can't really report on it. Yeah. When it's official, then we'll say, "Oh, hey, it's happening." But I mean, I'm not going to believe some troll on 
uh, Facebook or on the forums, you know, whatever. Oh, I mean, that, that's cool. I, I just remember it came up and I said, well, we can't ask Phil because he's not here. But I wasn't here last week. I was watching a movie. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Boy, that show was hilarious. It was great. <laughs> it was done by now. Oh, George. I was watching a, an independent It was done film, by now. Fifty Shades of Grey. I was. I was. <laughs> All right, guys, moving on to MechTech. Now, the changes to the website we talked about, but one of the things you may not have noticed is on the left side of their website, they have, you know, the regular Mech, well, when you go to the forums, I should say. So you have to go there, go to the community section to see sort of the forums. And on the left side, they have official products. Now, they have digital services, MechWarrior stuff, obviously the, the Mech 4. They've got Assault Tech, which was like this. Uh, it's basically MechWarrior 2 remade. You know, I think there may be support for that still going on. I'm really not sure. but um, And then they have TBA, to be announced. And it has a little mech icon. And let me tell you, the one thread that's there is just speculation. And even the, the mech tech guys are over there just sort of spinning. Um, I think this is the news. You know, we were we were hoping you know to to find out about and i think possibly i mean they they went and posted this it's possibly happening soon yeah well so let's speculate i mean what do you guys think they don't have solaris assault tech listed anymore so i'm wondering did the the avenue change did something come up and if it's not mech warrior is there any other things that like what their own ip you're talking about yeah, or own IP, or like what other mech games are out there? I mean, we know there's Mech Salt, that's probably not going to happen, or whatever. You've got what Chrome Hounds, what other other things do we have that haven't been done for a while? And anything off the top of your head? You know, I have no idea what they're working on, no idea what it could be. I, I would love to fire. get an official announcement. Let's feed the fire. All right, uh, Mech Commander, let's go. Let's do it. I, we need a new Mech Commander game. Let's make it happen. That. I think that's far reaching. Of course, we need a new Mech Commander game, but I absolutely do <laughs> not fire. think that's We're what's going on. Come on. I don't think it's going to be a Mech Commander. Uh, I don't think I don't it's. Think so either. I I'll think just... it's going to be something. Either I something think a separate IP. Super Battle Tech Kurt. Well, I don't think they'll ditch. I mean, obviously, we saw what they're working on with so Solaris Assault Tech. You got to see it with your own eyes, Darren. I don't think they'll ditch that. I mean, that's a lot of work. So that's what I'm wondering is, are they going to be incorporating that? But uh, I think they're doing Battlefield 5. Maybe they're doing Daisy. Which, by the way, Daisy, you guys have been addicted like crack. Let me tell you guys, there's a few actual games. We aren't also. sorry or going to apologize. Nope, we'll just <laughs> shoot you. Me. Uh, there's actually a few other uh, zombie survival games and stuff that are, um, uh, you know, being in production. But that's another podcast. But these guys, let me tell you, are just, it's like crack to you guys. You, I haven't played it at all today. I don't know what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. Because you spent all chair. day editing last week's episode. Indeed. So. So something, uh, a bit of a benchmark today happened on Facebook, Phil. 600 not 9000 but maybe soon uh 600 uh facebook likes obviously you know i know everyone doesn't like facebook 
But hey, you know, it was one of our next goals. Obviously, our next goal is 700. So uh, let's, let's make our next goal 601 so we can be excited next episode. <laughs> um, I do know that we've had some feedback. Uh, uh, I would say it's a select few saying to the effect of, hey, it takes like three weeks to get out of podcast. Um, my retort would to you would be there's only been two times we haven't had a podcast with up within seven days vacation and holidays we always have a podcast every week but if you'd like to see more podcasts released more frequently spread the word about no guts no galaxy friends family members facebook whatever the hell you got to do and or help donate i mean obviously we would love we've got we've got plans in order to move this show to bigger and better things and more and more to give you guys the community but ultimately the community you guys are the ones who are sort of behind this and so uh, we have to have your support so uh yeah i mean i'll be i'll be flat out honest here about this because um, i'm doing the editing right now uh it takes many hours to edit an episode um and i'm currently under the gun as far as my own uh, day job my own work Rebecca so is giving you the stink eye yeah i mean basically i spend many hours every week working on this podcast um as do some of these other guys and we're doing it for nothing and um you know most people that work a 40 to 60 hour to job uh, you know they don't have time for even doing this and so really the only way i can justify do, putting in that kind of work um or putting in more work than i'm putting in now that's what would make it so that uh these would get released quicker um is for more support and that comes from both more listeners and more donations and actually donations have fallen off in the last couple months and so uh, we could really use more support that would make it so that we can do things quicker. We can spend more time on it. We can make the show better and we can get our product out quicker. So, um, basically put your money where your mouth is. Um, I'm not telling everybody to do it because some people can't afford it. And I totally understand that. Totally get it. But if you can, please do. I'm always going to be open and about, you know, uh, things, what we're doing, no one on the team has pocketed any money from the donations. Everything we've done so far has been for the TS, for the website, for Shimmering Sword's artwork, which Shimmering Sword isn't stealing our money, but it isn't cheap to commission someone to be able to do custom artwork. And, you know, you guys wanted it. We wanted it. We want to get T-shirts. We want to see these things that have never been done. So, uh, yeah, I guess that's our soapbox. Anyways awesome job on the 600 likes again keep giving us feedback every week if you see something out there that you think we need to know send us uh, an email i've actually been contacted a few times asking about the spotlight and i directed them to our our email so uh yeah appreciate the uh, live studio audience today not as many but that's okay you guys are still it's quality. It's quality yeah it's quality over quantity yeah, so it's, yeah. you know um and of course uh you know, if you have any questions or if you have any comments, don't hesitate to hop on here. Talk to us. If we're AFK, just poke Darren like 500 times. He'll get back to you. Thanks, Phil. No problem, man. I'm here for you, man. And, of course, I'd like to thank everyone on the team. George, it's been great having you on. You've been a great addition. I think our fans out there would agree you add a humorous quality to the show and finally we've needed that bad i mean we having to deal with alex every day and just this angry bitter (laughs) scots i mean 
Just, Alex just is one of your individual. best your best things. Don't lose Alex. He no, does no. more than you could possibly imagine. That it's sounds like good, huh, Alex? You owe, me, you owe me five bucks. <laughs> he might not know this. Anyway, thanks, Phil. That was very nice. And, uh, yeah, I, I enjoy doing the show. I've spoken with Darren. I like being involved with the whole thing. And uh, it's been great. And I... You know, I impressed the guys from Persona Studios today because I knew all about Battletech stuff, and they were like, "Fucking a, that's great." Look at that, nice. You know, we we do have such a great crew. I hope that someday we can all gather somewhere, maybe in um, Scotland. I don't know. All right, no one guys, wants to go there. It's rainy and shit there. And again, I'd like to thank everyone, our community, our staff, and of course, you guys listening. You've been great. This was your local No Guts, No Galaxy MechWare podcast. We hope you enjoyed tonight's show. This is Phil. This is Darren. This is Brandon, also known as Catcher Cal. This is Greg. This is George. Until next time, Mech Warriors.
Beat me up a time 